From WXXI in the Little Theater, this is Movies in a Microphone. I'm your host, Scott Pukas. In today's inaugural episode, we will be discussing Woody Allen's Irrational Man. The film features Joaquin Phoenix as a brilliant, yet burned-out professor starting a new job at a small college. Soon he becomes involved with a student, a fellow teacher, and a dark idea that could change his life. I'm joined here by James Battaglia, the writer and star of 20s, a comedy that happened to play at the Little Theater. Uh, James is also a producer at News 8. And speaking of TV news, our other guest is News 8 reporter and little superfan Jeff Rusak. Thanks for joining us, guys. You may regret this later, but we appreciate it. Uh, James, we're going to start with you. Okay. What were your thoughts on this film? Was this what you expected it to be? Well... My thoughts on the film and uh, what I expected it to be, those are two different questions. My thoughts, I liked it a lot because it was much different than what I expected it to be. I thought it would be sort of a weird movie about a, an old type man who seduces a young woman in a college, and I thought it would be a little creepy like that. And it is at first, but it, it takes a turn, and I don't know how, how spoily we're going to get. We're gonna get a little spoiler. We're gonna okay. get. Can we get super spoily? Uh, How super spoilers? Semi spoilers. Semi spoilers. We're not gonna discuss maybe details at the end, but this dark turn, go for it. We can discuss it. Deal. Go on then. Well, I'm not gonna spoil a dark turn, but somebody else can jump in on that one. We'll get there. I'll say the we'll turn. The turn is what really sells the movie for me. I would have to agree with you there. Yeah. Because that. I think that's the part that stayed with me the mm-hmm. longest. That's what when I left the theater I was thinking, what like what would I do? What how would I act in that situation? I mean obviously you're not in that situation and you have to you're not yet. go through years and years <laughs> of philosophy books along with nonstop alcoholism, I guess. <laughs> but uh it, it's interesting to put yourself in those shoes and and, and think what is moral in that situation. I feel like we should say what this is. I mean, we're, we're, we're beating around. Yeah, yeah. Here. It was something that caught me <laughs> off guard. The trailers, they make it look kind of like it's a love triangle. Um, I'm not a huge Woody Allen super fan. I haven't seen a lot of his films. I'm a super fan. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> um, so anyway, to explain here, we're going to get into spoil territory. The dark turn is Woody, or, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's character is at a diner with Emma Stones. Abe. Abe is the name. And they <laughs> and overhear... Jill. Chill, I forgot. Yeah, we'll just call them Joaquin Phoenix and Emma Stone. <laughs> We're enough. fine okay. with that. <laughs> okay. They overhear this couple with a problem, and wa- Abe he comes up with this idea. He's like, Joaquin Phoenix, wouldn't the, wouldn't the world be a better place without this guy? So he starts to plan the perfect murder, which again is a turn mm-hmm. that I did not see coming. Um, it just kind of changed the whole tone of the movie. I feel like he force fed the idea to us that it was a perfect murder. Obviously, that was inaccurate. It was not as perfect as he would have expected. <laughs> but yes. he, you know, he was very convincing when selling the idea of this is how I'm going to do it. Like this is yeah. obviously the only way to do it. And in my head, I was just like, I don't think this is going to work as well as you think it's going to, because obviously it won't. It would be kind of a boring movie if it did. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. everything worked great, and they had a great day. <laughs> and then you just killed someone. It reminded me a lot. Did you guys read The Stranger at all? I did not. No, I did not. Okay, well, this movie is almost exactly like The Stranger. Really? At about the halfway point, it takes that turn where the main character kills somebody for pretty much just because he's bored, and then the rest is them dealing with that. I guess, though, if you guys didn't read it. They do mention Camus a little bit in the movie, but they also mention pretty much every depressing philosopher that's ever lived. 
They sure did. Yeah. And I think it's interesting the only way he could feel alive is if someone else died. That's exactly that's I mean <laughs> I mean that's, that's pretty that's much it. the book. That's and that's the movie. Yeah. yeah, it was interesting because he couldn't feel like these the two women in his life, they tried to get some reaction from him and he just seemed to care about nothing and then he gets this idea and he's just as a whole new man. Um, and Jeff, you'd mentioned so you were kind of thinking in your head you know, what would you do in this situation? Yeah. So were you, were you plotting the murder of this man? Or is this no, what you were it, it, it wasn't as much of a plot of a random person or anything like that because I'm a normal human being. You're not a psycho. <laughs> I can confirm Jeff is not a crazy person. Uh, it was more of what would be so, something that someone else did that was so bad that would justify them dying, like mm-hmm. them no longer having their life. And I I mean, obviously this judge, this person he he did end up killing, um, was what he did justifiable enough to to have him die? I mean, obviously Abe, Joaquin Phoenix The Irrational like, Man <laughs> was like, yes. But I um I wonder what is so bad that you deserve to die. That, that's that a question good question. I up. think that was part of it because, again, Abe, Joaquin Phoenix, he <laughs> he was very convinced. He's like, the world is a better place for them. Yeah. But even Emma Stone's character, she was mentioning, she's like, is he? You know, we don't know. He's a judge. Um, you know, he's making this life difficult on this family, but we don't know the rest of his life. You know, I mean, deserving to die? Like, who can say you can do that? I mean, basically, Joaquin Phoenix thinks he's Batman here, and he, he just he's going to go out and and take care of things on his own. And then this is all wrapped in philosophy classes, and you see someone actually taking a philosophy into action, Abe, Joaquin Phoenix, and then Emma Stone, Jill. Is it Jill? Yeah. Yeah, I forgot her name. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot it. She (laughs) is more theoretical and thinking, oh, yeah, that would be a great thing, a great thing. But, you know, Abe is like, you know what? I'm sick of all this theoretical stuff. I'm going to go do it. Now they talk. They spend a lot of the movie talking just straight out about philosophy. Mm-hmm. Uh, although every single scene, I believe, and I was I was paying careful attention to this because it sort of started annoying me at a point. Every single scene is either of Abe or of people talking about Abe. It's all mm-hmm. the entire movie is very directly about this guy. He's a very popular guy in this small yeah. campus. I noticed uh, that at the beginning, too. They were just, they kept saying, oh, did you see this new professor? Yeah. I can't believe this. And he's super popular, not for anything he does, because, like you said, he's miserable. He's He's just a miserable, he's always drunk, at least in the beginning. He's not nice to anybody, but everybody's always, like, just talking about how great he is, and it cuts from just two people talking about how great he is to a party for how great he is, how lucky we are to have him here, and then the girl's like, wow, we've got this great professor. Since when are people talking about philosophy professors? <laughs> like no, ladies that. love him. My theory was the beer gut. Can we talk yeah. about that beer oh, gut? That seemed to be its own character. How yeah. often when <laughs> watching this movie were you like, I'm thinking about my body right now. I'm thinking about how I physically look because of how Joaquin Phoenix, Abe, looks all the, the irrational time. man. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the ladies love that beer gut, apparently. It's, and just the miserable attitude. I mean, it's almost a bigger character than Abe. And I know it's the same person, obviously. but They were separate, <laughs> and the casting list, I feel they should have been separate. <laughs> I think it's important because it keeps him from being a creepy seducer of young women because he doesn't seem to put any effort into it. They just sort of fall into his lap, so to speak. They should call it the irresistible man. No, it was really easy. Like, Parker Posey's character immediately 
<laughs> I just nice. gave Jeff some props with a, a finger. You can't hear. And that, I did but... a I did a swoosh like a basketball, like I nailed that joke. Yeah, um, which he did. <laughs> and if you can visualize the reaction, it makes it even it makes it that much better. I should have done a, a noise effect, a sound effect, if you will. Oh uh, right yeah. There. So we're Jeff, need some sound effects next time. <laughs> you said uh, that you you you're a huge Woody Allen movie fan. I've only seen a few Woody Allen. I believe movies. you said super scratch fan. that super fan. Super fan. No, not of Woody Allen. Of the little. I apologize. Of just of the little. I, that could have been confusing before. Oh okay. That was okay. just in my title, and I was like, whoa, don't All be right. thrown around, super fan. I wanted to know where this movie ranked uh, on Woody Allen's movies for you. See, I don't have a comprehensive list in my head going through it um okay see reading criticism of this that's what a lot of people said it's like oh well he did match point is better he you know he did the same plot better but i haven't seen those movies so <laughs> right. I, I enjoyed this one a lot what and i read yeah i read a couple criticisms and one person was like this is his worst movie ever and i was like oh he's got pretty good movies i, I, like, I, I didn't hate it <laughs> i think a lot of the problem with this is that these characters are, are not stereotypes they're all very two-dimensional and i think they're they're not meant to be realistic people. I think he's telling a very plain story. Yeah, but, the, you know, the reviews weren't that bad. I, I looked at Rotten Tomatoes. It was around 40%, which isn't good. No. It's not good. <laughs> but there were. it wasn't like Fantastic Four level bad. And I, I think that's part of it. It's just intriguing. It's, it's hard to take in. It's a movie that's not for everyone, but just, like I said, the dark turn, that, that changed everything for me. Absolutely. And I, what I like to do at the Little Theater, little do we know, <laughs> that was my idea for the name of the podcast. We almost went with that. Ugh. It was a last second change. All right, I'm I'm only slightly jaded, but we do we're taking feedback. So if people email me, call me, and be like, "Why did you change that name?" <laughs> and I'll, I will listen to the people. What I what I really like to do with the little is if I have a little extra time after work or anything like that, is I just go when I know movies are going to be playing at night all the time, <laughs> which is um, every day. Yeah, yeah five dollar Mondays and that's yeah, hooray for Monday. Hashtag hooray for Monday. And I just go. I don't know what I want to see today. So the other day, I just was like, you know what? The Irrational Man. It's playing in five minutes. I'm just going to go see it. That's bold. And so it's really... Would you say it was a good decision? Absolutely. I, I, I really like doing that. I did that with Southpaw. Ah, uh, yes. And I I did that with The Irrational Man. And it's you have no expectations going in. I mean, that that's the best way. Of course, people listening to this now know... <laughs> No, no, a, a lot, lot details, more but... than we knew. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. But I feel that's even more intriguing. And so you're like, oh, that sounds interesting. How does it conclude? What ha- Does he kill the man? Does he succeed? I want to know more. I saw Southpaw with you. and uh, He's pointing to me, by the way, and not James. Not me. Uh, swoosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I did, I did the same thing, like I just said. But when the big plot twist happened, I was we were the the only two in the movie at the time. That's and, true. And the little popcorn. Yeah, we did have little popcorn. At underscore little popcorn <laughs> on Twitter. The big plot twist happened, and since we were the only two, I could just be like, "Wow, Scott, I did not see that coming." And you were like, uh, "It was in the previews." Uh, yeah, to- it was in totally the saw that coming. It, it was spoiled for me. <laughs> but so, I, I think this is probably different though because this, the trailers and stuff, they present this as a sort of twisted romance when in fact it's a crime movie see when i saw the trailer i wasn't interested in it right me neither it was was like another movie about people talking woody allen style yeah but really there's there's some serious criminality involved in this film the most serious yes murder now the one thing that did intrigue me though was the acting i mean there's a lot of 
popular actors here, a lot of good actors. And, you know, I thought throughout it was good. Um, like I said, the star was obviously the beer gut. That was that was top. That <laughs> yes, was top on the list. Yes. But Joaqu- yeah. Joaquin Phoenix was good. Parker Posey, always good. She was fantastic. Yes. Um, Emma Stone, I yes. thought she was believable. She was good. Believable is exactly, I don't know about great, but she was believable. I was thinking about this. How did Emma Stone do? She really sold her lines, and I don't know. How much of a compliment that is. Well, because you're wondering, it's like, why is she falling for this professor? I don't get this. Yeah. And, and she did make it believable. It's like, okay, I see. You know, she's it's she's going idea. through a phase, perhaps. Yeah. It's the idea of this romantic. It's romantic. Mm-hmm. And that's what got her. You could almost say that it's also irrational. I would say that. I would Did agree. There. I would agree. Yeah, it's irrational. Oh, you irrational man. <laughs> you. I kind of wish he turned to the camera at one point. It's like, you're the rational man. I feel every movie should do that. You turn to the camera, say the title, makes it instantly better. Uh, Can we agree without spoiling anything that the ending is fantastic? I like the ending. I liked it too. Yeah. Because you didn't know, you really didn't know what was going to happen. No, I didn't see it coming. It's satisfying. It's and it brings satisfying things full end. circle, which I like that. Form Absolutely. of storytelling where you have a plot device in there later. Um, I believe they call it Chekhov's gun is the term for it. Mm-hmm. If you see the gun in the first act, it must go off later. Uh, they did something similar, but it was with something that you wouldn't expect. Um, and I just thought that was really well done. What did you think about the time they did have the gun <laughs> at the party? Oh, yes, the Russian roulette Russian scene. Roulette. There is a Russian roulette scene in here, so... Obviously, that's yeah. a that's a good reason to see this. If someone was watching me watch this movie, they would be like, "That person is physically uncomfortable right now." <laughs> that obviously because I mean, that's irrational. That was what he did with that guy. That was completely irrational, <laughs> especially considering he was a teacher in front of students. It wasn't responsible. No, it was irrational. You know, he shouldn't man. have been at that party in the first place. I've had a professor come to a party and did he play Russian roulette? Uh, she did not. No, she. Just enjoyed a couple beverages with her students. <laughs> there were no guns, then you're saying? Not that I'm aware of. Uh, one thing I very much enjoyed about this: uh, it was filmed or it was set in Rhode Island. Ah, yes. I'm from Rhode Island originally, and they did a nice job. There was an actually a semi Rochester connection, if you looked extremely closely. I did not catch that. Would no, you like? To you, there's like no way any human being would ever catch it. A Rochester connection in the movie? In the movie. I'm intrigued, Jeff. Go All on. All right. So, is this a Where's Waldo situation? Yes, absolutely is. And you have to be looking really closely. And Which I you apparently were. Yeah. Well, I knew it was in Rhode Island. So I kind of looked at everything. Because, like, when they were outside, like, walking around these bars, I was like, oh, that's actually Newport, Rhode Island. Like, yeah, this is a fictitious college, but, like, you're in a real place right now. I know where that is. Um, but when they were in a bar and it was, um, they were talking about Abe, his two women. Um, the beer selection behind it had a Narragansett Summer Shandy. Guess where it's brewed? I don't know. Tell me. Uh, right across the river. Right Fantastic detail work, Jeff. Right My mind there. is blown. So the beer that came out of that tap made it into that movie. Wow. Rochester. Wow. Be proud. That I'm, is a, I'm proud a of fact. you. I'm proud of you, Jeff. Why is that? That's just, just a fantastic just detail to pluck out of. That I, is a great detail. I just wow. saw it and was like, hey. That's neat. That's what podcasts are for, folks. <laughs> so, you know, any other thoughts on this movie? You know, what other what other thoughts did you have here? The other question I got out of it is when, if you know someone did something like that, when do you tell someone else? When do you go to with the authorities? How close does that person have to be where you keep that a secret? 
Oh, true. Yeah, Emma Stone was doing something illegal. She too. had a she big knew. thing to go through yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're diving into a few more spoilers here, but I thought that was one of the interesting points of just how she put this together. That's another thing I think that prevents this from being the sort of sexist movie that people were accusing it of being because by the end she ends up being by far the smartest character. She's smarter than Abe. Oh, definitely smarter than Abe. She didn't know that, though. Abe is quite irrational. <laughs> he is. Well, it doesn't mean he's not smart. He's intelligent. Yes. Well, he almost takes joy in it, too. Like they, they, It's funny. Another thing, with all, at the beginning, they're always talking about this professor, and afterward, everyone's talking about this murder. Yeah. And yeah. obviously, we've all been in news. We know, but people don't murder. always talk about about this one murder that much like it's their and the dinner table it's their conversation well, that's it's, judge that i think is part of the style of this movie is that everybody's talking about one thing mm-hmm. every single scene is about one thing and it's usually about a i guess it is they do talk about the murder as well and yeah wait so jeff you disagree you think this would be a huge Absol- i mean it would be big Absolutely. but like they were completely absorbed with it like Joaquin Phoenix character loved it. Like he's floating out theories, and you could tell he was really into it. Absolutely. I mean, it was a it was a talker, like we say mm-hmm. in the news business. I mean, we do say that there was so much mystery around it that you some intrigue too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You just wanted to know more, and if you had your own theory, you'd want to share it. And if someone else had another theory, you'd want to hear theirs. Like it was the first thing they brought up at the dinner yeah, table. It's all the Fair young enough. people. Did you see the news today? All these college students. <laughs> yeah. Did you read the newspaper? Yeah, I mean, young Fair people enough. are obviously on Twitter looking at the little popcorn status. You know, they're not always checking out news. Little do we know, this <laughs> is the most well-read college in all of this fictitious situation. By the way, I see what you did there with the little. I approve. People are going to call in now and be like, why did you change the name? Let's take some callers. Can we know? take some callers? Uh, no one is on the line right now. <laughs> we are not live. <laughs> There's only one other person listening to this at the moment. Hopefully millions later but for now only one so anyway final thoughts so you you turn the tables let's hear them you know what i loved it loved it you upgraded i think we went from liked it to loved it i loved it i remember it and that's that's remarkable enough i see enough movies this is coming from a filmmaker here that are like and a professional movie reviewer you were telling me beforehand not a professional never got paid but you did i do have a master's degree in film criticism though huh Oh, wow. So this is really right up your alley right here. But still not... This is the first thing I've done with my master's degree in film <laughs> criticism. You're still not as qualified as a super fan, though. No, no, the no, The master's no, no. is below super fan. Can't yeah. wait to be mega fan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you got to earn it, though. Uh, I liked. I, I liked it. I said it was awesome. I'm going to stand by my awesome. Mm-hmm. I really like the conversations that come out of it more than the movie itself. I was a fan of the performances, I think, is what, what I like the most. The Performances and The Stranger is one of my favorite books. A lot of people have to read it in high school so they don't like it. I didn't have to read it in high school, so I loved it when I read it. Read it. And uh, <laughs> and this movie is just about exactly that book. So yeah. I, I love it. So you're getting a movie suggestion and a book suggestion out there for the listeners. I mean, this is... This is some quality podcasting, I would say. Murder. <laughs> and, murder. and sound effects. Yeah, and sound effects. Swoosh. Maybe we could dub some in later. I don't know. I don't know how this works. <laughs> We're going to end on that note, too. So before I go, I want to thank our guest, James Battaglia. Thank you for Jeff having Rusak me. Jeff Rusak of thank News you. 8. Super fans. Movie super fans. 
almost mega fans will be there. Uh, special thanks to our executive producer, Veronica Volk. Thanks, Veronica. And thank you to anyone out there listening. Hopefully you made it all the way through. You enjoyed it. You're going to go to the Little, get some popcorn. Thank you. Watch this movie. That was a very nice thank you. And see End of the Tour. Get ready for the next one. Yeah, get ready for that, please. Uh, if you have any feedback or a certain movie that you'd love to see us talk about, you can email me at scott@thelittle.org. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're not on Friendster or MySpace yet. We'll get there. At Jambat. That's me. J-A-M-B-A-T-T. Give a shout out to your Twitter. Little plug. Handles. No, they already follow me. Oh, that's... Of course they're going to follow the super fan. All right. This is Movies in a Microphone. We're brought to you by WXXI and the Little Theater. We'll see you at the movies.